Welcome to episode 35 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton, and joining me as he does every week is my main man, Woody V. Woods, how's it going? Good, homie. Good to be here. Special episode. Absolutely, mate. Really looking forward to it. Um, look, just before we get into that, just a reminder where to find us. Um, please make sure you watch our videos, like and subscribe on YouTube. And of course, if you're listening to the audio podcast, the podcasts are available on all podcast channels. Um, please make sure you like, rate and subscribe. Okay, we're very excited today. We've got a very special guest on the show. This man played 200 games in the NBL between 1993 and 2002, playing with North Melbourne, Illawarra, Newcastle, Cairns and Sydney. After retiring from the NBL, he then continued to play State League with Manly and Bankstown before moving on to coaching where he has worked in various capacities before taking up his current coaching role with the Hills Hornets where he coaches the Waratah One youth men's side. Absolute honour to have Terry TJ Johnson on the show this week. Thanks, guys. It's great to be here. I'm honoured. Uh, absolute to pleasure here. to have you, mate. Um, look, I know we spoke about this a couple of months ago, just sort of teeing it up, and we're really sort of thrilled to, to have you on there, mate. Looking forward to have a bit of a trip down memory lane anyway. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Good stuff. All right. So, Woods, I'll get you to sort of talk about your jersey. I'll just let the, the viewers know. So we've decided for June we're going to be rocking jerseys of Aussies that have played in the NBA. So we'll sort of keep that theme up for the month of June. Um, I think we've got enough jerseys to cover that. So Definitely. Woody, take us away. Sure. I'll just stand up, brother. Right. So Woody's standing up wearing a very nice Josh Green Dallas Mavericks jersey. Um, he'll tell a little bit of a story about the reason wearing that tonight with a bit of a Hills Hornets connection. But no, I love the jersey, mate. Yeah, I got the classic Mavs hat to go with the uh, Mavs jersey, man. But I just thought it'd be fitting because uh, we're doing a Hills team here, man. We got the, my Hills Hornets guys with me right here, TJ and Rob Clayton. So I thought represent a local product who's represented the community and and our area, uh, and he's a you know a kind of example to be set for young kids who who want to make it from from where we where, where, where we're from, right? So. Plays the Dallas Mavericks. He was the 18th pick overall in the 2020 draft. Um, he, as I said, he grew up here, excelled in a lot of sports before his parents took him to Phoenix to have a good shot at uh, a basketball career where he represented the Arizona Wildcats. He went to high school in Phoenix and uh, learning under the tutelage of someone like Jason Kidd has been unbelievable for him. Um, and get that deep playoff run this year where he played significant minutes, made um, uh, all Australians proud, but even more so, you know, guys from our, our area in the hills man so yeah we played fred caterson we grew up playing at fred caterson right um, i should say yeah. as well when josh's dad delmas green was playing as an import for the hills hornets in sort of those late 90s he was so popular out at the hills stadium there that they yep. named a burger after him you could go to the, the cafeteria or the kiosk there and get a delmas burger so that's a bit of a trip down memory lane there and shout out to delmas green so yeah all right, liking that one, Woods. Um, look, I do have that same jersey as you. It's not often we get these sort of matching jerseys, but I know because you got it first, I won't be allowed to wear mine. But nah, man, nah, no, man. I got that first, brother. Yeah. Right, so, well, look, I'll sort of just do my little double sort of jersey thing, as I always do. So as you can see hanging behind me, we've got a Matthew Delavadova rookie Cleveland Cavs jersey. So you can tell it's the rookie jersey because he's wearing the number nine, which he wore in his first season before changing to number eight. So, look, I'll just stand up and show you the one I'm wearing, and then I'll just talk a little bit about Delhi. TJ, I'll let you take the audience through the jersey Robbie's wearing. <laughs> Mate, I have not the knowledge that Robbie has in this. I'm not the kind of guy that goes out and buys jerseys, so I kind of 
I'm just that kind of guy. But anyway, I'll let Robbie explain all of that. About. Uh, well, it's a Delhi jersey for everyone who couldn't see. Yeah. So, so look, I guess this one, it's a Cleveland Cavs Adidas red away jersey. A little bit about Delhi there. So he played eight seasons in the NBA after going undrafted in 2013 out of St. Mary's and previously out of the AIS. Um, he really showed true grit and determination throughout his career and, of course, was rewarded with an NBA championship in 2016 with the Cavs. Um, look, Delhi only played with two teams during his eight seasons. Six, uh, sorry, yeah, two teams, six seasons with the Cavs, two with the Bucks, And, of course, he's now playing with Melbourne United where he was an All-NBL second team member this year. Um, his number four is retired by St Mary's and, of course, Delhi was part of the bronze medal uh, Boomers team at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics and also played for the Boomers in 2012 and 2016. So, yeah, big shout out to Delhi there. We love the way he went about it. Um, look, Woods, I didn't have a bobblehead of TJ this week. I do apologise, TJ, but I did have one of Delhi. Um, bit of a random one, this one. It was pretty hard to, to track down. So that's Delhi holding the Larry O'Brien Trophy 2016 after they won the championship. There's a pretty random one there, Woody. They're only yeah. doing the LeBron and Kyrie and those sort of guys. That so was pretty hard tracking down. Actually, it was pretty expensive that one. So hey guys, so that. so I mean, LeBron James drafted in 2004, right? Delhi Australian Institute of Sport from 2007. Do you reckon when he went to the Institute of Sport, he would think that he would be good friends with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and win an NBA championship with him. The guy guy done a, done a lot of good, man, represented the country well, right? Absolutely. So He really yeah. got the most out of all his abilities, and that's certainly not a slight on him saying that. He really sort of, you know, played that sort of Aussie card that sort of people, you know, expect from us now. We're tough, we, you know, we're gritty and everything else like that. And he really fulfilled that role. So, no, absolute shout-out to, to Delhi there. And, um, yeah, sort of happy to... Give me a peanut butter and Delhi sandwich, brother. Nice. You like that one, don't you? I love it. I love it. All right. Nice. All right. Well, let's get into it, right? Let's um, let's chop it up with TJ, as you like to say, Woods. Um, we've got a, some stuff we wanted to sort of chat about with the great man today. So, look, TJ, we might start off with a simple question that we like to sort of ask all our guests there is, what first got you into basketball? Mate, I, I was born into a basketball family. My father played. My mum played. Uh, my, my older brother, Rod, he, he ran around. Um, but my first memory of... You know, photos that I that I have personally that I was only a two, three-year-old throwing a tennis ball into a, a rubbish bin. Um, my father was a builder. He actually converted the old movie theatre in Grafton to a basketball stadium. Wow. He was one of those builders. Um, so, you know, I've got photos of myself just plopping tennis balls into a garbage bin. So I, I had no choice. I was born into, a, born into the sport, really. What about your so, height, TJ? Where did that come come from? Your mum or your dad's side? Um, I'm I'm probably got more of my mother's father's genes. Like okay. I, you know, now that I'm a little bit older, you can see where your, you know, your kind of looks come from, your height, mm. your build, that kind of stuff. Um, and and my mum's father was about six foot four, um, and I think Rod and I both got those genes because we both got taller than our parents when we were all 16 17 so rod obviously didn't get him as much as you did though mate so um i was only i'm only half an inch taller than him no, but okay. i i look taller because i'm a little bit kind of leaner when rod was more solid so it kind of made him look a little bit smaller i guess no yeah, but well tj you speak about your brother rod right um i mean he played what 367 nbl games and in that first season with the Giants, you guys played together, right? Um, and then I think uh, with the Falcons again in 99, am I wrong? 
Yeah, look, he, he had a um, – it was 1992 when he was recruited to the Giants Yep. from Illawarra. I was actually in Grafton playing Siebel. Um, yep. Funny story where all this come about too was a bit of a narrative. Bruce Palmer was the coach of the North yeah. Melbourne Giants at the yep. time. Um, I think it was um, the year after they'd won a championship against Canberra Cannons. Uh which was the infamous 89 series, which was a great series. Canberra were awesome and, yep. you know, North Melbourne were awesome. But uh, the narrative was uh, they actually kind of tried to lure me to Melbourne to play in their Siebel outfit, Northeast Melbourne Arrows. Yep. Um, and that was a bit of a ploy to drag my brother to play with the North Melbourne Giants because they were affiliated. Uh, so they figured... Let's get, go and get TJ down here and then we'll say to Rod, hey, we've got this for you. And by the way, your brother's down here as well. <laughs> it was a bit of a drawing card for him to come to Melbourne. So, Hey, man. That, that's, that's, and you know what? I, I'm okay with that. You know, I don't care being the, uh, the pawn in the pie here. To, you know, I got my opportunity. I got my foot in. So that, That's fam, right? That's fam. You got to look out for fam. And then you got your foot in the door and like we'll talk about it as we uh, get through the episode, man. I think that that uh, benefited you in the long run as well, getting that opportunity, right? Absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. Like I said, I'm okay being the pawn in that situation, but um, it worked out for both of us. So it was great. All right, so, so tell me something, DJ. You know, you said you were throwing a tennis ball into a bin or whatever, right? Growing up as a kid, I don't, I don't know, you had a hoop in your backyard or, or somewhere around. I mean, you and your brother must have had some, some pretty good contests, right? Who came out, who came out on top, man? Uh, that's pretty obvious who, who won that because it became a bit of a physical battle. And, yep. and I never had that physicality as a kid. I was always a string bean, whereas my brother was a bit of a nugget. Uh, growing up, so if I had photos of our backyard where our basketball ring used to hang up outside the back door, there's fibro, the old fibro houses, yep, either side of the door, it's just broken, it's just smashed. Like, you know, half of it's probably my the shape of my body <laughs> more than my brother's body, that's for sure. But you would have won um, the shooting competitions, right. Um, look, my brother was, he could score. He yeah. could actually, he was a hell of a player. Like when he first was with the Hawks, like I've seen games where he was playing quality opponents, not in the NBL, but outside of, and he was having 35s, 45s. Right. You know, yeah. not only that, he's locking them up at the other end. So he's a two-way player and, you know, that which was one of the reasons why one of my most respected players was always Rod. Mm. Anyone asked me, it was like, Rod. TJ, I know no. we've spoken about it offline, but yeah, let the sort of uh, listeners and viewers know what Rod's up to these days. Um, look, since retiring, I think he, he, he got into the mining game. Mm -hmm. So he's in the mines. He's now a, um, uh, some, a supervisor. I couldn't tell you the actual title that he is, but... He's, um, you know, he, he pretty much supervises a lot of the, the operations that go on in the mines now. I hope he gives you a good Christmas present bringing on that miner money there. <laughs> Mate, I'm a, I'm a non-superficial person, so, mm -hmm. like, it, you know, I, I, 
don't expect much and and you know what and we're that kind of family where yep. we know we'll, we'll just hang out we'll spend time together that's that's enough for us that's, so. enough. that's brilliant that's great to hear just like so. last year we sort of mentioned that first season with the giants there tj 93 what was that feeling like sort of knowing you'd made it to, to the big league in that first year mate just an opportunity i thought was the biggest you know you know going down the year um that year and playing or train or playing with the Siebel team and then obviously training with the Giants. Um, and there's another funny story that goes with that. My brother was actually having it in a bit of a slump offensively. Bruce Palmer thought, you know what? Uh, 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 sorry, Brett Brown that second year, uh, he was like, you know, let's start TJ and just kind of annoy Rod and see if that'll <laughs> spare him on. And it actually did, you know. I started two games that year, and one was Hobart, one was Gold Coast away. They were both away. Um, or one was at home, one was away, if I remember rightly. And then my brother came out and had 25 the next night. So it, it kind of worked, you know. But, no, look, having the opportunity to play with Rod and with guys like Scott Fisher, Paul Maley, Scott Del Zoppo, Mark Leader, you know, there's a Wayne, bunch of Wayne names. Wayne Carroll there. was he on that team back then? Wayne Carroll was the year before yeah, I was there. Okay. Maybe Pat Reedy. Pat Reedy was one of those guys yeah, as well. Yeah. Like Mark Leader, did you say as well? Or? Mark Leader, like yeah. Pat was the Australian version of Larry Bird in my mind. Like Ooh, he was, yeah, skillful, smart. Like he could put the and ball he used in the to hole. Go bright, bright red after he played, right? Like a pink, like a pink. Uh, he was pink bright red like, before yeah. games, before mate. But... As well, okay. <laughs> But no, look, legend guys and, and, and great players. So I kind of was training against those guys coming from Grafton, yep. you know, the year before, which was in the Siebel, which is, you know, it's not quite on the same level. Um, so it was great. It was a great opportunity to play against those guys. David Graham, um, yep. we're, we're guys like that. Good shooter. Wayne, Wayne Pierce. Yeah. Um, Jason Reese was one of those Americans that yeah. was that we had that year that come from Hobart, I think, the year before after averaging 40 a game. Mm. So well, you, it was a decent group. Uh, you mentioned Brett Brown as well there before, TJ. I know you linked up with him again later in your career with the Kings there, but yeah, what was it like playing under, under Brett Brown? Look, there was twice that I linked up with Brett. And that one was obviously North Melbourne, one was back in Sydney. Mm -hmm. um, but we had history the, uh, the year before. He was coaching Bulleen. <sighs> In the Seabull back then, I was playing with Northeast Melbourne Arrows in the Seabull. Uh, we were, you know, we had Sam McKinnon as a youngster, as a 16-year-old playing for us, and that was before he kind of kicked off. And like he was an amazing athlete then, as a 15, 16-year-old. But um, you know, so you know, playing with those guys was just—it was just amazing. Like uh, you learn, you learn so much, and you kind of. Bit of a sponge. I played in seven different leagues when I was in Melbourne, wow. um, which were all quality leagues. So, I mean, you had no real other way to go but, you know, get better. So it was kind of amazing. Great, great feeling. Good stuff. And you obviously sort of, you know, you ended up being a bit of a journeyman in the NBL, didn't you, CJ, playing with five different teams during your, your nine years there. Just wanted to see, you know, I know it's hard to sort of pick one, but did you have a favourite team that you played on or who were some of your favourite teammates over those years? Oh, look, teammates and teams. I, I had memories from every team and every 
teammate. Like you, you still have those memories, but you know whether they're good or bad. You know you always never you never win or lose. You either win or learn type mentality. Um, look, those the teams that I break three years with Illawarra um, to start off. You know, after my North Melbourne venture, that was a good little tenure. You know, I made the Boomers squad in Newcastle the following two years, and that was when they changed the summer to the winter or, uh, sorry, winter to the summer comp. And then, so it was a short season, and then they played the full season the following. Yep. Um, so Newcastle was great. Cairns was great being up there, being, you know, all that responsibility, bit of a franchise. You know, yep. I didn't want to go to a team that was stacked and was expected to do well you know I grew up kind of the hard way in that sense so I kind of I just gravitated to the the opportunity of going you know what if we're going to do well let's do it the hard way yeah. <laughs> I you, know you that sounds a little bit yeah I was cup, yeah that yeah. was yeah that was a difficult year but it was actually yeah. a, a learning year at the same time we only I think we only went Two and two and twenty six. Yeah, I was just about to ask thanks you about the, that, TJ. Right. So thanks for the twenty six bit, but yeah. the two <laughs> the two's bad enough. But twenty six. Look, we were a young team, and obviously a franchise team coming into the league was very hard. You know, you, you you're not expected to win games. You're not expected to do well. You know, yeah. which makes Tasmania coming back into the league so much more exciting for Brilliant. basketball. Yeah. Um, but we, we we lost probably, you know, eight, nine games by eight or less points. Well, hey, you've got to remember who your two wins were against, right? <laughs> I know one, I think one was against Sydney. Okay. Um, and I think the other might have been against my brother's team in Canberra at that oh, time. Nice. So, yeah. That was my uh, next I, question, I, actually, asking you about what happened in Cairns. So I think you just answered it anyway, right? So um, I think Aaron Grabeau was on that team, right? Legend. Aaron was there. He was yeah. a, a local legend. Played yeah, in Seabull there in the ABA there for years and years. Like, yeah. can play. I think he come from Geelong originally. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And then went to Cairns and played Seabull and then on to NBL. And a great, I don't know, 19, 20-year season, I Whoa. think. Uh, Korea, yeah, yeah. He played for Korea a long time and he stayed at Cairns. His his jersey hangs in the rafters. So I was going to ask you about Aaron, right? Like, yeah, he's one of my yeah, one, look, of, I, one of my favorites. Yeah, I love playing played playing with Aaron because yeah. you know what? You knew that that guy was going to go to bat for you every night. Yep. You know, not saying that that's you know that that you don't have that, but you do have that feeling in different teams. Guys have different mentalities and, and mindsets and goals and, and visions and so forth. So, yeah. you know, I love, love guys like that. Grant Kruger was another guy oh, that was going to have you love, back. I love Kruger, man. Yeah. You know, ben Melmoth was another one that used to go out there yeah. and he had your back. So you kind of, you could go out there and play. My brother, Pat Reedy, they were all mm -hmm. guys that did that. So, which, which made my kind of, you know, 200, 12 games or whatever it is yeah um, pretty exciting anyway it doesn't matter there's no better place than the other it was all pretty exciting who was the best import you reckon you played with during those those nine years oh man got to be a standout is there a... <laughs> i don't know if there's a standout because okay. different eras and i know that this is uh the cliche with who's the goat 
who's this, who's that, because this is where I don't buy into the narrative. You can't play, I think MJ, Michael Jordan kind of hit the nail on the head. You can't, you won't ever tell because they never yep. played against each other. They never played you with the same rules. They never played with the same kind of, you know, mentality and so forth. You don't know, you never know. So, you know, as far as best import, man, Melvin Thomas was awesome. You know, Jason Reese in North Melbourne was awesome. Um, you know, Isaac Burton in Newcastle. That was that was after his King's time as well. When he, had, when he had that girlfriend in Newcastle and he came back for one year, right? That's what happened, wasn't it? He did, he <laughs> yeah. did, he did. Yeah. You know, we had I, I played with a guy in, in two guys in Cairns that were quality imports. You know, in a different situation, would have been a different story. It would have been a, a fairy tale ending kind kind of thing because you know Rashmel Jones, yep, yep, and Ricky Robinson were the two yeah. imports, and then we brought in a naturalized Andre um, Moore. Yeah, you know, guys like that to help boost the stocks because otherwise it was pretty young, but. Ricky Robinson was a left-handed guy that was about six boys, Australian Charles Barkley, you know, could rebound the house down, could score inside and out before the inside and out game was a, yep. you know, was a, was a thing. Um, Rashmel just come off winning with Connecticut in the NCAA um, the year before or two years before. So they were quality imports. So... You know what? I really can't tell you. There's one or two particular imports. No, so, hey TJ, I know you're a modest man as well, mate. We have spoken about this before, but NBL career high of 41 points. Tell us a little bit about that. What your your memories were from that game, mate? I I can remember that game like yesterday, <laughs> like other moments of highlight moments in your life. I hear that. That one was a that was a strange game, you know. The lead up to that, I always remember it was the the Sydney Press that gave the little sister club Wollongong no hope of winning, and I believe Sydney were on a twelve and one or something. They were on top of the table. We were kind of struggling down there with eighth or ninth, tenth maybe, um, out of twelve or eleven, twelve teams. So. I remember the lead up to that was not giving us really a chance, and that I know that egged us on a little bit. Yep. Um, we come out, started on fire. Um, ironically enough, during the third period, the lights went out. Wow. It was a blackout, so it was a couple of minutes delay type thing, and then then all the stories come out after the game. Oh, the Kings were not happy, so they turned the lights out. If you don't know the old Illawarra Snake Pit Stadium, anyone can walk past that old old door, yep. walk in and just go, poop, 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 and then it's all off. We used to see so, people walking out of that door from the toilet near where the, the right hand end of screen free throw. Like, you're shooting a free throw, you see someone walking out doing up their fly and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're in pretty odd, odd, odd places, but, you know, the, the third quarter, the lights went out. We come back on in five, six minutes' time. Uh, we ended up winning the game by about, I think, 15, 16, maybe more. I don't know. The, the score was about 132 to 124 or something. So it was a high-scoring game. Yeah. Um, and ironically, I had my career high in points and assists in that game. I had 41 and 13. Damn. 
uh, in that in that game. So, Damn, bro. Yeah, <laughs> need to say that I wasn't a little bit cheesed off about the media stuff prior to the game, and yeah. you know, he kind of egged us on. Small sister, all expectations not on us. Forty-one and thirteen. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, we had a. I think you won the, the team MVP that season, did you? If I'm not mistaken, that was under Brendan Joyce, I think, was it? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think I was. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Look, you know what? I, those things away. kind of really, you know. Hey, they're great, but they're just superficial things to me. So it's like, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. I, I play to try to win to get better to, you know, that kind of stuff. So that was the mindset for me. Yep. You know, at the same time, I was the kind of guy that and, a, and had a reputation of having a having fun doing it. No, no, you, do you know what I mean? Yep. So you know, uh, and that was me. Like I enjoyed every every day and every part of the journey. You know, it wasn't like I'm gonna put myself through that kind of suffering and not enjoy the journey because. Absolutely. You know, and you know, as we all do, we make some young and dumb mistakes, and you learn from them, and you move yeah. on, and 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 that's the, that's the beauty of it all. So it's all a learning curve. Sounds like he's talking about you, Woody. Oh man, you know me, man. I'm Peter Pan. <laughs> nah, it's it's good. It's good to see TJ. You're still enjoying life and 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 living by that ma- mantra even today, man. So respect. Absolutely, mate. There's no other way. Like you know, I used to hate it when I was a young kid, but been told what to do by an older older person but now that you're older you kind of know that that's part of your journey that's what you're supposed to do to kids and help and you know bring through that next generation and so forth so that's that's hence the reason why i'm involved with coaching and love the game always love kids always love basketball so well before we get on to the coaching i'm going to put you on the spot tj i like doing this to woody and he hates it when i do it but in your career, you played for six coaches. I know we've named a couple. Can you name the six coaches you played for? Are you asking me, Robbie? No, nah, asking you, you. Are... Sorry, asking you, yeah. So who were, you, oh, who my were, the, bad. Who were the six coaches you, you had at, uh, when you were a player? Six coaches that I had as a player. The first one, obviously, uh, Bruce Palmer, but it, he wasn't kind of a full-time coach, so I don't know if you've got him on the list or not. Yep, he's on the list, yep. Okay, well, then you've got Brett Brown after that. Okay. You've well, got... If count, actually, if we are counting Bruce Palmer, seven, but no, sorry. Don't let me spoil the story. That was the one that, you know, I, I was there to, to to pawn my brother to play and play better. <laughs> um, so Bruce Palmer would be the first, and then Brett Brown would have been second. Uh, third would have been... Um, you're talking NBL, so I went to Cairns for ABA, so Rod Pop wouldn't have been on that list until later. Until later, yep, got him on there. So okay, had, so, so, Illawarra, so you had two coaches with Illawarra. I had Alan, Alan uh, Black and Brendan Joyce. Yep. Okay, and then uh, Sean Dennis uh, at Newcastle. I had Rod Pop at um, Cairns. I had uh, Brett Brown again at Sydney. I was hoping I'd stump you and I didn't, so that's that's me done now. He knows his own coaches, man. Come on, <laughs> that's man. A long time ago, I was hoping I'd stump him. And you know, and you know what? I can't fault any of those coaches. Like I've learnt from probably ninety-five percent of those coaches, mm. I've learnt absolutely so much from them. 
I've got to say, Rod, Rod Pop wasn't a name that I totally remembered when I was sort of doing my research there. What was he sort of like as that coach for that, that first year with Cairns? He's awesome. Like, I, I you know, I, I know that I, I went to Cairns there to play in the ABA originally under Rob, uh, Rod. Um, now, he was, I, I had no idea what he was like or whatever. I'd spoken to him a couple of times on the phone. I was with Northeast Melbourne Arrows in the Seaball and playing with the Giants. Um, so I kind of, at the end of that tenure, I kind of spoke to Rod a couple of times. I thought, you know, American coach, you know, pretty forward, knew exactly what he wanted. Um, and then when I got to Cairns, I heard all those stories about, you know, he's hard, you know, this and that. And I'm going, okay, well, that's cool. Like, <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. Um, but you know what? If you followed as a group and understood exactly what Rod was trying to play like, you would be successful. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those things if you had a little bit of resistance from whatever, player here, player there, mindset or goal setting or whatever it may be, not quite line up, you know, it's going to kind of, it'll make it hard. But I always thought if you played the way that Rod actually wanted you to play, because he was a smart coach, he was a college coach, High school coach, he, he loved the game. He ended up being in Kilsyth for the development of their coaches for a long time. Yep. Um, now he's back home, retired, and then they brought him out of retirement because he's such a great head to have around basketball. Um, I know that he, he touted um, Peter Lonigan from Basketball Australia. I know that Pete learnt a lot from Rod, and I know that their connection is huge and, and he's massive. Um, so he's a, yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing under Rob, uh, Rod, he, he was tough, but he was, he was smart. Like, you know, you put your emotions aside and go and do that for what you're there for and you're going to be successful. And that year we had Billy Ross and Ben Johnson as imports, uh, in the Siebel. Yep. Um, we had a bunch of local talent, Gows Arnold, Richard Ketchell, Russell Van Bale, Oh man, the list goes on. There's a, there's a few others. You know, Aaron didn't come into that until after that. Um, but yep. you know, he he was good. He was I I I respect Rod and had a lot of time for Rod. He was the reason why I went back to Cairns in 2000. Okay, that obviously speaks a lot about him. No, I really yeah. appreciate those responses there, Terry. Look, that probably brings me on to sort of wrapping it up with the last questions. Obviously, we've got some more to go, but just wanted to chat about that next phase of your basketball career. So, obviously, after you finish in the NBL, you played a bit more state league for a few years, but you know, before going into the coaching, was coaching something you always wanted to do, um, or was that sort of a oh, look, plan? Or... I, it, it's uh, it, probably something I fell into more than anything. Um, my last couple of years kind of ended pretty quick. Um, even though it was the signs were on the table um, with my knees, I've got osteoarthritis, grade five osteoarthritis. Um, you know, it doesn't apparently doesn't get much worse than that. Apparently, I um, to the end of my Kings tenure in two thousand one, two thousand two, had a couple of injuries that kind of put me back and so forth. But at the end of that, they they kind of said, you know, went and seen about eight or nine different doctors, and ninety percent of those doctors said, you know what. Uh, if you want to run around with your kid in the park in 10 years' time, I suggest it's probably time. You think about the time. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went, okay, well, and I couldn't really kind of finish my contract with the Kings because every night that I come home, I was up in a fetal position with pains in my knees and 
you know, that kind of stuff. So that that all come about pretty quick. You know, I didn't really see the end of my career being, well, you're not playing anymore. Yeah. You know, so I could, I could go back and play state league or with Manly and Bangstown and then Central Coast um, because it was, it wasn't the level, you know, that, that intensity level, that physicality level, that up and down level, completely different level. Um, and I could deal with that once a week, yeah. but three or four times a week I just couldn't do. So the the coaching part just kind of, you know, when I finished with the Kings or I was injured with the Kings, I I did a little bit of their um their Kings Academy coaching. Yeah. So we kind of looked after all the kids that come in and tried to give them a bit of an academy type stuff and upskill them and give them a little bit of a a head start on that. And um so that kind of was part of it and you know, I was doing individuals with kids um prior to that, so you know, I fell into that, like I said, relatively quickly. Yeah, oh, good stuff. Well, that sort of, I guess, brings us to present day now, though, TJ. Obviously, as I mentioned at the start, you are the head coach of the Hills Hornets um, youth men's team in the Waratah League. Um, you Currently, you guys are in seventh place with a 5-5 five and five record. I know we've spoken before, very even competitions. So I think you lost the last two, but you sort of slipped down the ladder a bit. But, yeah, we know last season was impacted by COVID there, but how are you enjoying the role this season so far? Oh, look, I, I, I love the role. Like, I, I, we've got a great bunch of guys, um, you know, from Division One to Division Two, um, you know, because we're looking after the whole program, not just that one program, the Division One. So we've got about, you know, 25, 26 really talented young juniors coming through. So we're actually in a pretty good stead there. Uh, the role in head coach in Division One, loving it. You know, as you, as you mentioned, we, we've lost our last couple of games. Now we're on par with four, three or four other teams with a five and five record, which gives you an idea of how close it is and how tough it is, which, you know, testament to the guys and the clubs because it's, it's a really good league to play in. I should mention as well, actually, you did fill in for, for Coach Potter in the Hills Hornets um, NBL 1 uh, team this season. So you did well in those games. You had an overtime loss against Maitland and then happy to say I commentated that, that game against Manly which um, you led the team to about a 50 point win I think it was. So what was that experience like just doing the two games with the NBL 1 team? Mate, it was, to be honest with you, it, it was it was great the results and great to have that opportunity to step in and obviously Reese's disadvantage of being away mm. with the under 18 state team yeah. um, you know, gave me that been the head of or you know the coach development manager at Hills you know he, he asked me if I could step in so I went yeah no worries because I've coached half of those guys before mm. um, as I coached uh, Waratah one men for two years three three years ago now uh, for two years and so I had that and that was great like you know going to Maitland losing that in in an overtime game by two yeah. you know it was 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 pretty um challenging you know because we had opportunities and you know both teams had opportunities to blow that thing away mm. um and then you know the concern was to wake up on sunday morning and then kind of play that manly team who are well known to be in that top four for the last 10 years or 20 years or whatever it is because they've been talented that was a concern but Actually, they learnt a lot from that two-point loss in overtime the night before, and they come out the next day and they just went, you know what, screw this, we're not, we're not making these same mistakes. So they, 
you know, they bought in, they played well together and, you know, things got rolling and then it's hard to stop when it starts getting rolling. So I remember I got to the stadium that day and I thought, geez, how are the boys going to go? You know, they had an overtime game Saturday night, finished, you know, what, 10 o'clock on the Saturday night. I think it was like a 11 a.m. or a mid midday game on the Sunday. So, no, that was definitely a great effort. I was sitting right across from you, there, TJ, when you, when, you were, you? when you were coaching Indiana Faithful coming That's into town. I was really hungover, man. I came anyway, bro. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> nah, you were enjoying yourself, man. You were enjoying yourself. Bro. Oh, look, so, it, was yeah. a, it was a great opportunity to see those guys just, you know, obviously with the, the main coach not there, yep. you can kind of relax a little bit. You yep. can kind of, you know, you just have that mindset of, okay, well, and it's not malicious in any way. They just don't want to screw up. They don't want to make that decision that's kind of going to result badly. So they kind of have that lesser mindset, whereas, you know what, it, I'm okay with this. Mm. And they come out and they relaxed and they played and they played to their potential. Obviously, Manly had a tough game. Indiana is a quality player. It was is. a massive yeah. highlight for us. It was a massive focus that we had to go and try to shut down. Yeah. You shut him down. You know? mm -hmm. And knowing Steve White was away in Melbourne, yeah, which was kind of a moment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, Indiana, I've, I did actually did individuals with Indiana as a 14, 15-year-old before he went overseas and, yeah. and did all that. So I've known Indy for a long time and, you know, love the kid. Like, he's a, he's a great guy and great player. Um, but he was obviously a focus for us. So. Yeah. Great to hear. Well, that's probably a good segue, Woody, just to maybe I'll just do a bit of NBL 1. Talk yeah, man, do your thing. Talking this. So, TJ, what I've been doing the last few weeks is just sort of just talking a little bit about the NBL 1 and just going through one of the six conferences. Um, just really trying to sort of spread the word and sort of get people, you know, watching this sort of great product we've got and everything else like that. Of course, NBL's over now, so if you wanted to, you know, watch some local basketball, this is your best option now. So, um, look, this week I'm just going to chat a little bit about the... Um, the NBL One Central, um, which is South Australia. Um, so look, there have been some, you know, um, sort of NBL League players sort of entering these NBL One sort of competitions. I've got to say the Central doesn't have a lot of big names, so I'm not going to be reeling out 20 names this week, Woody. So pretty much the only sort of names you might know sort of on those rosters, we've got Jack Purchase, Lachlan Albrick, Kalani Sapwell, um, Brandon Jenkins, who I believe is just um, transferred over from the, the Albury men's team. Um, um, and of course, obviously, the main sort of draw card in that league is DJ Daniel Daniel Johnson, who missed the games last weekend, but is playing in that. So, um, look, the NBL One Central, it's eight rounds in so far. Um, the standout teams look to be Woodville, who are seven and one, and Sturt and North Adelaide are, are six and two and six and one, respectively. There, so that's kind of the NBL One Central, and um, we'll continue to sort of go through one each week. Um, a little update on the NBL One East, which I always like to do. So it was a very good weekend for obviously the Hills Hornets there. The men went two and zero, um, big wins over Sunderland and Central Coast. Um, wanted to check to see if you know the scoop with this TJ. So we know um, AJ, who I have teased the audience is coming on the show next week, but obviously we saw him play against Manly a couple of weeks ago. Didn't play last weekend. Do you know what the arrangement is there? Do you know if he's going to be a regular, or if that was more a one-off, or is that a bit unsure at the moment? Um, look. Um... You're putting me on the spot, aren't you? <laughs> well, I'll ask you next week. I just thought I'd see if there's any rumours or something. And you know what? I was almost going to go, you know what? I'd prefer to just ask him next week and see how that goes. But look, as far as I'm concerned, like as what I hear is, I, I think he's, he's here for as many as he can. Awesome. Yep. So I think that there were a couple of exceptions. This is, you know, it, it might not be absolute fact, 
but it's just what I believe and what I hear and so forth. But um, I believe he's here for a few games, but there was a couple of weekends where he's going to miss, and unfortunately a two-game weekend, you know, which turned out to be probably a good thing anyway because it give him some rest and, yep. you know, they got the boys got two wins on the weekend, which was super impressive. Yep. Well, you know, this is where we know you're a friend of the podcast now because you could have just done that coach thing and give me a no comment or something like that then. So no, I appreciate, appreciate your honesty with that. That's great. And, and Robbie, man, we talked about Josh Green, you know, being a local product, you know, having AJ Ogilvy, you know, Oak Hill College boy come back home and, and play locally. It's a great opportunity. And as you said, uh, anyone listening to the show right now who lives in the, in the area, you know, if he's going to play another game, try and get out there and, and watch him. You might not get this opportunity uh, again, right? Absolutely. So, well, the next yeah. Hills Hornets game, June 18th against Sunderland. Your boy, um, uh, Angus Glover, might even be playing oh, in that game for Glove. Sunderland. Glove's coming, man. So, right? Yeah. Glover against Ogilvy. We'll just right. have to wait and see him come out there. So, hey, man, you spoke about Jack Purchase, right? You know, pedigree there. You know, comes from a basketball family. Yep. He just hasn't had that opportunity in Adelaide or even with your Perth Wildcats last season. So, the guy can you know flat out play so i think he just needs an opportunity and maybe playing in the nbl one in the off season will give him a chance to showcase his skill set and uh maybe he'll get more of a run in, in the in the rotation is he staying with your wildcats next year he is still with the wildcats so right. yeah, good call if he goes out and gets some sort of you know some confidence and everything getting yeah. the big minutes and sort of putting up the shots there anything's possible so no good good call there would so all right, so that's obviously just a bit of a, an NBL one wrap for the week. So I thought we might just sort of quickly go on. I'm not sure how big a, an NBA fan you are, TJ. I'm assuming you've obviously got a bit of knowledge there, but just thought we'd go through a bit of a quick sort of final series. So look, the time of recording, it's Wednesday, the 1st of June. So we know the finals are starting on Friday. Um, Golden State has the home court advantage over Boston. Um, I thought I'd maybe throw it over to, to both of you fellas there just to maybe give a, give a prediction on the series and maybe something you're looking forward to see. Woody, I'll leave that to you, brother. You, you start that one. All right, TJ. There's so, many, there's so many things I could start with, but I'll leave it to you. So for starters, I think it's... I never thought that the, the Warriors would get back here, you know? Once they broke that team up, you thought that, you know, maybe that's their last chance at a championship. But shout out to, you know, all those guys, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Andre Iguodala, Kevin Looney. These guys have all been there before. They've won a championship. They've won multiple championships before. And it's just a credit to Steve Kerr and that organization. Um, the Bay Area love their basketball, you know. So um, it's just amazing. And, and, and for me, I think Warriors in six, I would say, right? I mean, a lot of people saying Boston are back and they got the young guns and whatnot. But uh, um, it's just a... A fairy tale story here, and I think what four championships that'll be for for those three, right? Yep. Yep. So I mean, they're a bit older now, wiser, and Clay Thompson's been through a lot of injuries over the last few years, missed a couple of years. So um, yeah, it's just it's, it's as we said, it's been a bit of a uh, what's the word for it? Um, underwhelming NBA playoffs so far. So hopefully we get a nice contest between. Um, Two, you know, amazing franchises, you know, that historically mean a lot to to the NBA in Golden State and Boston. Yeah. All right, what about I yourself? agree with you. I, yep. I agree with uh, I agree with you, Woody. I, I look. I think they've got to both be up there in the top three or four, or five in both offense and defense. Yep. Am I right there? I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah, you know, you're, you're not. You're not far off. So you kind of you can't say it's the best offense versus the best defense because it's actually the flip side as well. 
Mm. You know what I mean? So it's, I, I think it's going to be a tough series. I, you know, to call that game, I think you'd have to be very, you know, very lucky. I, yeah. I think it'll go seven. Ooh, okay. So I, I just think this thing's going, it's too tight. Like, if Boston get off and, you know, like you mentioned, the, the, the Browns and, and the Smarts, you yep. know, if they get off and they're going to have their moments, you know, as will Steph, Clay and Draymond and Poole and all those guys. On yeah, the you other like Jordan Poole, do so, you? You like Jordan Poole, do you? Look, I've got a lot. Like, they kids yeah. come a long oh, way. Oh, he has, right? Yeah. And testament again, like you said, to Steve Kerr because yeah. that guy knows how to win games. Yeah. You know, and then he's taught those Draymonds, Clays and Stephs and now those, now you've got four or five guys who know how to win games. You know, I just think it was a matter of getting them healthy again before they were coming back. I never thought that they'd be out of the mix any other reason why. Like, the only reason why they'd be out of the mix is because of injury. Because those guys right. are just, they're proven warriors. They're proven, they're proven smarts. They're proven IQ. So, um, I think personally it will go seven because I think both teams will have moments. You know, I, I do believe it'll be a contest. So I think you'll get your wish there, Woody. I think you'll, it'll be a contest. Um, which way it'll go? TJ, don't sit on the fence. You sat on the fence about the AJ Ogilvy stuff. You know, I mean, <laughs> Mate, no, sitting, no fence sitting here, man. You've got to give us one. GSW or Boston, man. All right. Look, if... if I have a soft spot for D because I love the D. I love to play D. So that was just the way that... So I love Boston. But I love the way, you know, the Warriors play offense and they're smarts on the offensive end. If you could claim the both part of that both and put it in one team, you're not going to beat that team for 10 years. Mm. You know what I mean? So I, this is where I'm saying... My call is Golden State. I don't think it'll be the fairy tale ending to Boston. But you know what? Boston have had those fairy tales in the past. So I think personally Golden State, but there could be a bit of a knockoff here too. Like it, there's, a, there's an opportunity here. And TJ, you talk about loving defense, right? Like you got Marcus Smart and Draymond Green on, on either side. You got Jason Tatum. And Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, you know, I mean, you got a mix of both. So that's really well said. And you get to see two of the best defensive players in, in the world going up Absolutely. against each other. So that's brilliant, right? Absolutely. Yeah. At this point in time, you're dead right. They are the best offensive players because Jason's tough. He can score in many ways. Steph's IQ is just above, you know, 90% of the players in the league at this point. At this point, it's not going to take long before they start bump into that level and it'll be an even keel again but and we'll have to find a different way to kind of make a change to the game but mate that's going to be a good series i'm actually looking forward and i haven't watched too many full nba games in the last well to be honest with you since i've retired so i thought you know that was it don't want to you know i'll just go and move on and do this but i'm actually looking forward to watching seven full games so Brilliant, some good, DJ. Some good calls there, fellas. I mean, look, I guess my prediction, 
I'm going to say Boston. I think I'm going to say it goes to seven as well. That would obviously mean Boston winning on the road, which they've shown in these first few series they can do. They've closed out a few series there. Um, probably the main storyline for me, putting my Atlanta Hawks, you know, home hat on there. I'm just so happy. <laughs> Likewise. Al Horford making his first final series. Big Al. 15th season. I think he's played 150-odd playoff games. You know, he's had a couple of conference finals. He got there with the Hawks when the Cavs swept him, you know, in 2015. He's had one or two with the Celtics. So really pleased to big Al there. He's had a really good playoff. A renaissance as well for him this he season, does. He right? Yeah. Like a 36-year-old, does he? He's certainly always stringing wow. around there. He's been so, brilliant. But look, you know, I agree. I mean, they've had some great team, you know, great games, these two teams in the last few seasons. I think it's going to be a really good final series. I am really glad Boston made it over Miami just for that, that fact there. I think Miami would have been a bit more of a grind of a sort of series there. But I think we're going to get some, some really good offense. And also, as we mentioned, there's a lot of good defensive players as well. So, no, bring it Hey, up. man, before we move on, I know you love Jimmy Butler. <laughs> uh, I've got to give him some respect. I'm not a fan I mean, of Jimmy been, Butler, but he was ridiculous. Jimmy Buckets was, put the team on his back, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's gone up um, a level with sort of my thoughts. Jamie Foxx or Jimmy Butler? Um, yeah, true. true. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was really good. And look, he had to, had to carry him, didn't he? They, yeah. Kyle Lowry was playing on one leg. Yeah. Tyler Hero missed a lot of games. Um, and also, can I just say as well, what was Udonis Haslam getting, uh, getting so annoyed about with someone asking Draymond Green who they thought was going to win? And he answered that he thought um, Boston would beat Miami. And apparently that was some crazy thing that Miami are all annoyed about there. I thought that was ridiculous. But anyway, I'm not going to listen to much for you. Donis has him and he's played two minutes all season. Not going to say it to his face. I'm the godfather, man. He's the godfather of Miami, right? Yeah. All these unwritten rules. But, all right, good stuff. Well, that's a bit of an NBA wrap. So, all right, we're down to the last bit now, Woods. Um, TJ, this is the bit where Woody gets a bit sort of excited. He gets an I don't get excited, man. You do. All right, all right, I do. It's an old pack of NBA cards and open them. We should say we did have some old NBA Futura ones. I have got your, your card at home there, yours and Rod's there. We actually didn't pull one of them in a pack, but what Woody's going to do is just open an old pack here and just see if we remember anything about these players. So what do you got for us today, Woods? All right, so TJ, I know you, you haven't watched much NBA since you retired, but I know in 93-94 you were down with the league, right? I might have been a card collector back then too, but anyway, All right. on. <laughs> so that was your era. So I got the upper deck 93-94 today. Sealed yep. pack, TJ. What do you reckon about that? Sealed pack. What's that, yep. 29 years old? Yeah. And I've got a whole heap of random packs from the last 30 years, which is sitting back there. Nice. So we just came in. So this is the first time we've done these ones, right? I think it is. 93-94 upper deck. So what I do, TJ, is, is I'll open the pack, and just for all the audience, it's a brand, as we said, it's a brand new pack. It's, it's not a stitch-up. You know, Andrew Gaze was on the show recently and he said, what are you, you're stitching me up and you're going to pull my card? And I'm like, nah, man. No, Gazy, I'm not going to do that, man. But, um, so we've got a brand new pack. And what I'll do is I'll give a bit of a clue, TJ. Talk a little bit about the player in the, on the card and you got to try and guess who it is. And Robert, don't be greedy, you know. TJ knows his, knows his shit from back then, right? So give him a chance to answer a few of these, right? All right. <laughs> Give me 30 seconds of each of them first, and then you can finish <laughs> All right. All I'm going to say is East Bay Funk Dunk, okay? The winner of the dunk contest in, the, in his rookie year from the Minnesota Timberwolves in the 93-94 season is who? TJ. Isaiah Ryder. Isaiah! <laughs> right uh, well done, that's TJ. Yeah, yep. yeah. He was a hell. Of, he, yeah. oh, he's he's a hell of an athlete. Oh, he's yeah. A, he's an athlete. I, a, I remember he had a funny when body shape too, didn't he? He, he did. He had a Zion Williamson kind of uh, Williams uh, kind of body shape, but mm -hmm. 
he was an athlete. I, I remember watching him in his rookie year going, this kid's going to be something. Yeah. But, and if it wasn't for like um, off-court issues and things like that, his career would have gone a, a lot further than he did. Why did he change his name to JR? Does, he, does anyone know that? JR Ryder he became, right, in the end? Yeah. Unless he was supposed to be a junior thing or something, I don't know. Is that a bowling game opportunity, though? Yeah. Okay. Arguably the greatest power forward of all time, right? This guy just did it, man, you know? Uh, Utah Jazz legend I'm talking about. Carl the Mailman (laughs) Malone. Well, I got you. That's a pretty good pack so far to get those two. Absolutely, he's, it is. He's going to show off now something. Anyway, oh, what's he got? <laughs> Carl bobblehead. Nice. nice. <laughs> that, that, now, that's a pretty random bobblehead. That is a random The Lakers, Carl Malone. Let's forget about that one year that he played in the Lakers, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've got. Okay, come on, man. Big, big boy. Phoenix Suns. Big boy. Goggles. All right. Um, could rebound the ball. Finished off his career, I think, at Minnesota. Number 25, I'm talking about Oliver Miller. He was one of those players that his weight would just fluctuate 30 pounds in the offseason. He'd come out and you're like, oh, wow. Oliver's been at the okay. <laughs> yeah. We've then, had the this next go- year, then the next year, you're having the same reaction, but to the flip <laughs> side, he's lost 30 kilos. That's it, and then back again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here comes the hot stepper, murderer, excuse me, Mr. Officer. Murderer. Uh, Who's officer, officer? Oh, Olden Polinus. Olden Polinus. Yeah. We've told that story before, TJ. He had a couple of times, Olden Polinus, where he was dressing up as a policeman and basically pulling people over in cars and like showing some fake badge saying, <laughs> I don't know what he was going through when he was doing that, but yeah, Officer Olden Polinus. <laughs> Why? We've actually named out one of our fantasy competitions for the NBA, Officer Olden Polinus, in the past. <laughs> oh, legend. Legend. TJ might know. I wore, might not know. I wore this guy's jersey on the show a few weeks ago. He starred alongside Steve Urkel in Family Matters. Converse really, you know, promoted him as Grandma Ma. I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about um, Larry Johnson. LJ in the house, Larry. Yeah. This is a good pack, Larry I'm Johnson. Ironically, the same name as my father. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I should have said that. Same surname as you. <laughs> yeah. nice. Very solid pack over. It is, isn't it? Usually okay. A couple of ones he's not sure of, and I have to bail him out, but not so. Alden Old, Old, was a bit tough for me. Yeah. Um, you know, Miller was another one was uh, was well known, but I kind of I called, well, didn't pick. Just okay. Pick. You, you talk about the great shooters, right? Yep. And. Um, I'm not going to be, I'm not being racist or anything here, but there's always a white guy in the gym that shoots the lights out, right? In the NBA, right? This guy played alongside Steve Kerr. He was one of those contemporaries, played with the Utah Jazz, played with Philadelphia, coached Phoenix much later in life. Um, he was teammates with Stockton, Malone. I'm talking about none other than, none other than who? Did he make you a little bit horny, did he? Would, yeah, he did. Who am I talking about? Is that John Paxson? No, Jeff Hornacek. Oh, Jeff Hornacek, of course. Yeah. Silly. That was Shoot the lights out, right? Yeah. 
Hornacek was. Jazz look about him as well, doesn't he? He was great in Utah. Was good in 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 Philly. Yeah. 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 And then his coaching career wasn't so great, was it? He was in the Barkley no. trade, wasn't he? From yeah. Philly to Phoenix. Yeah. 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 Robbie, this is one of your favorite players. I think you got four or five of his jerseys, if I'm not mistaken. Um, in fact, in that year when Malone, Peyton, uh, Kirby and Shaq played against Detroit in Darko Milicic's rookie year, in, in LeBron James' rookie year, the Pistons won the championship. And this savvy veteran came back to his team after a journeyman career to win a championship. He's a guard. He could lock you down. He's a future coach. I'm talking about Lindsey Hunter. Love the way that guy played. Oh, what's his college? Is it like McNeese State or some random college? Or yeah. Yeah, he was yep. great. Lindsay Hunter back in the day. Where was he? Where was he in the um, the MVP rating that year? Lindsay Hunter. Yeah, I, I have a feeling he was he was close in that top twenty or so, like in the league. So, you know, any anyone in the top fifty is pretty decent. But That's right. no, he was a very solid top hundred. He's a little bit underrated, I reckon. As well. Jackson State. Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, he could shoot the ball. He could score the ball. He could just flat out score, not just shoot. He was a bit of a, you know, Alan. Um, Alan Iverson-esque sort of thing. Um, no, it was uh, shooter, Boston. Alan Houston. Alan... That's who we're talking about, right? Alan... No, Boston Celtics shooter. Um, Danny Inge. Right now, far out. <laughs> well, uh, I'll think of it. Right. Move on. We had the all we had the all star Isaiah uh, Ryder card from the dunk contest, and we've got his original card as well. So we've got oh, both sh- Isaiah Ryder cards in the one pack. Double yeah, that's wow. a pretty cool jersey. Have you got that Ryder jersey, Robbie? I do have that. One. You I've do? Actually, I've actually got an Atlanta Hawks JR Ryder jersey as well, which he only said I had a cup of coffee there. But yeah, I do have that blue inside <laughs> one as well. Yeah. I know we're going to do a few redrafts in the NBA offseason, man. And I think we've got to do the 93-1, right? I, that was one of my favorite drafts of all time, man. Sean Bradley, Chris Webber, Penny Hardaway, Bobby Hurley, yeah. all those guys, man. Vin Baker, Calbaccini, right? Okay. We've got this guy's card so many times. Really good-looking guy. I'm talking about a DJ. Yeah. A great DJ, okay? He's a great techno DJ after he retired. Was he born in Beirut by any chance? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, Lebanese. Lebanese, who am I talking about? TJ, any idea? Man, you got me here. Ronnie Cycli. Okay. You yeah. know who he is? DJ Ronnie yep. Cycli. Yeah. Yep. We have had his card a few times. Yeah. Okay. Um, certified bucket getter from the Bucks. Uh, we've pulled this card before, Robbie. It's a pretty tough one. Number three played alongside um, Eric Murdoch, Vin Baker, um, um, Todd Mabry, Kenny Norman. Oh, Ken Norman, we have had him recently. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta, Cl- Atlanta Hawks and LA Clippers is what we played for. Yeah. Yep. Chicago boy, Ken Norman. Okay, this is a special edition card with a with a newspaper report on the front of it and it highlights a great okay we we talked about all of those rookies in the 93-94 season this one rookie for the Dallas Mavericks was amazing right and his career got cut short by injuries played some time at the Hornets as well very well respected Uh, I think he's a player agent Uh, now maybe do the monster mash Jamal Mashburn Mashburn. yeah there's a little bit of a newspaper article about Mashburn and his rookie year yeah 
Legend. Another guy whose career got cut short by injuries who was could have possibly North, been... Was he in North Carolina? He might have been. He was, yeah. Let's have a look. Yep. I, I think um, my brother would have a pretty good memory about playing against him yeah, when he went over and toured with the Hawks, played North Carolina. I think my brother had 35 or 36 on him. Kentucky, brother. Kentucky. Kentucky. Yep, there you go. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Was, yep. And um, finally, we've got... Oh, it's a Hawks card. Hawks Eclipse team record with 13 consecutive wins. Is that the plastic man on the front? Yep. And, um, that is Stacey Ogman. Yep, Weatherspoon. Nice. Oh, that was a pretty decent pack. Yeah, absolutely. Has some no names in there. Like that. Yeah, that's the first time we've had one from that year. So, no, good stuff as always, Wood. So, all right, boys. Well, that takes us to the outro. So, look, just before we sort of get into all that, just really want to thank you, TJ, for coming on. It's been great. Um, as you can probably see, Woody and I are certainly sort of stuck in those 90s and noughties era. So, really great to you know, chat with someone, obviously get to know you as well with the Hills connection, but yeah, someone we really admired and, and you know, loved the way you went about. Still admire. Exactly right, yeah, but um, no, really appreciate you coming on. So look, just before, as I mentioned at the start, wanted to thank everyone for tuning in. Um, please make sure you subscribe to the videos on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, just a reminder where we can be followed. Um, on Twitter, we're Throwbacks Hoops. Um, Instagram, we're throwback.hoops. And our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, Woods, why don't you take it away with your stuff first? Yeah, I think with the off-season coming up and, you know, we've got some time to get to some of those questions that are building up. So just keep sending in whatever you want us to answer. We'll try and tackle it. If there's any jerseys you want us to wear, there's a good chance Robbie or I have them so we can showcase them for you. Um, Patreon, you know, if you want to jump on there and pledge your support to us, you don't have to, but, you know, um, we'd appreciate it. I just got to say, TJ, man, as well, like, you know, after your playing career and, 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 and giving back to the game, you know, and, and, and helping the young kids and uh, get, the, get them away from the PlayStation and, and from the streets and, and playing hoops and, and doing all that stuff and, and being the ambassador you are, not only for the game, but also representing our region. Huge respect to you, man. It means a lot uh, to the people of this community. It means a lot to me and Robbie for you to come here to take the time to speak on the show. So appreciate it. Mate, I appreciate being asked to come on and share some share some light in the darkness and and so forth. But as far as um, you know, putting back in that, I think that's just a duty of the elderly community. And I think the youngers, me being a middle age, um, should take on what these older people have, you know, for us and down the line as well. So I just think it's a, it should be a community thing. So that's that's the reason why I do it. That's awesome, but, mate. No, I love it. TJ, have you got anything you want to sort of plug or promote or anything else like that? I know you're not sort of on Twitter and all that. That's totally fine. I've done you on it sort of recently. But anything you sort of want to throw out or anything there? Or just, um... oh, look, mate, look, plug plug uh, throwback hoops for, for sure. Like, <laughs> you know, you guys are doing an amazing job and you, you both are very knowledgeable in... In, in many, many eras and, and so forth. So, mate, I'd like to plug you guys. Also, I'd like to plug, obviously, the Hills Hornets. You know, Absolutely. get along, come and watch some NBL 1 games. Um, you know, there's some quality games through Waratah 1 men, through the Youth League men and women. Absolutely. Both NBL 1 men and women are both doing very well. So, um, you know, I just plug, plug the Hornets, go the Hornets. And, and best um, of luck as well on the weekend against North. I know it's going to be, be a tough game there, but no, best of luck for that game. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. It'll be a, it'll be it'll be a task, but we're up for it. You know, we've got a couple of losses under the belt, so we don't like feeling like this for too much longer. Hopefully this is a weekend we can feel a bit different. Uh, awesome, TJ. Really appreciate it. So, look, as we mentioned, we've got someone else with similar initials, and AJ will be coming on the show next week. We're looking forward to have a chat with him. But, yeah, just wanted to really thank everyone for tuning in, and um, peace out from the Throwback Hoops crew. We'll do it all again next week. Much love. Thanks, guys.